Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. And we are live. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mile 99 interview. I am one of your hosts, Mike Turner. The Mile 99 is a place to hang out with their like-minded folks in our running community, share our stories, our successes, our failures, even our deepest trail secrets. It's also a place to get the latest in the local race news and find out what's going on in our community, where we can volunteer, help out, just kind of being a part of the community. We record live in front of a Facebook audience right here and also Zoom as well. One take, no break. So unlike you know, your running groups in the morning, what you say here is on the record and we record it. So keep your, you know, keep things together here. I'm joined by my favorite co-hosts, Greg Larkin and Jessica Harris. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Doing all right. Yep. Um, enjoying the cool weather finally. And I uh, just got back from uh, the elementary school cross-country meet, which was a, I think, a proper, proper meet today because it had rain and mud and sand and all the good stuff. And yeah, those kids, they can fly. So it was pretty exciting to see them kind of maintaining fitness right now and kind of plotting out the rest of the year. So looking forward to a few adventures, I think, before the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes. How are you all doing, uh, Jess? I'm pretty good. And correct me if I'm wrong, but your kiddo, is this his second year at cross country? Yep, it is. And uh, yeah, so this will be the last elementary school cross country um, and then it's middle school. And, you know, it gets a little more serious at that level. So we'll see how things go. But uh, yeah, I can't believe how fast some of these kids are. <laughs> well, you know what? When you weigh 50 pounds, yeah. you know, <laughs> The power to weight ratio is definitely different. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, children's sports uh, the past couple of weeks. My kids are rounding out their soccer season. My oldest two. My third is in gymnastics. Um, my fourth just got done with his little teeny tot soccer, which is so cute. Um, I am in the clear to run again. Um, my fingers almost healed. It's kind of bent. Um, I got a couple more weeks of physical therapy and everyone was like, why can't you run? Because it was broken and hurting. So I just took some time off and I'm okay with that. I got into Lake Sonoma 50 miler in April. So I'm going to give that another shot. I signed up last year and didn't show up because I didn't run. So this year I'm going to run and I'm excited about it. Going to run in the rain. I have evolved into loving running in the rain. I used to be like hot weather only, but I really appreciate December running like because I'm not that fast anymore. And a little rain just washes away the tears. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Mike Turner, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, I like one of our guests tonight, are headed down to Javelina with a lot of folks in Northern California to run Javelina 100. So that's exciting. Uh, a lot of folks down there. So it should be a fun. The weather's going to be upper 80s for the hot heat of the day. So kind of a nice cool night, mid 50. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be the last race for me for the year. And I'll take the rest of the year off. I've been, uh, if you, if you're, if we're friends on Strava, you see, I've been playing with 20 inch BMX bikes. Like after 32 years, I decided to get back into BMX bikes and yeah, it's been pretty fun, pretty exciting reliving my, my youth. But other than that, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about Patreon. Thanks for everybody for joining Patreon and going there. It helps us out. We're, we're, we're going to talk about our new live stream, but part of that new, our new things we're doing is we're going to have more outdoor stuff, more live stuff. So we're, purchasing equipment to try to get set up to have good quality stuff to bring you guys better content with better quality. So thank you for being on Patreon and supporting us. Thank you to our, our Vidmo members as well. People that send us a couple bucks here and there that helps us out uh, for this, for our endeavor as well. So thank you to everybody. That is all for our internal news. Greg, what's going on in our community? Yeah, so uh, just um, tying into the live stream uh, and equipment and all that good stuff, you may have seen on our social media, we had a big announcement and we're going to be doing a live stream at Rio Del Lago this year. So super excited about that. 
And so for all you early birds, we'll go live at 4.30 in the morning, the day of the race, uh, till the race starts. So 4.30 a.m. to 5 a.m. to kind of get the pre-race interviews, chat with some people on the start line and some other local luminaries and such. And then we'll um, be going off and doing some various volunteering during the day. And then Saturday evening, starting at 8 p.m., uh, we will be at the finish line. So finish line live shot from 8 p.m. till 11 a.m. Sunday. And that's 11 a.m. race time. So make sure that you're aware of the fact that RDL does not change its time because of the daylight savings shift. So we'll be on the air for a quite a long time, uh, 15 hours I'm seeing there. So that's a long time. Um, there's going to be interviews at the finish line. There's going to be a little area to talk to people who have finished the race, other people wandering around. It's always nice to talk to the crew and the families. They get super excited and just get a little community feel there. So definitely be paying attention to all the social media around that and uh, look for our live stream. And I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about that again on our socials beforehand. So you all get the, the latest and greatest. And just one extra thing for the live stream, we're going to have a camera on the finish line. So every single finisher is going to have their moment unless you run hand in hand with a friend or something like that. But we're going to capture every moment at the finish line. I think that's really special. So I just wanted to make sure everyone is going to see every single person finish. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, well, it'll it'll be great. Um, we'll have the ability to kind of go picture in picture if we peel off and start talking to somebody. You'll still have the, the static shot of the finish line. So that'll be awesome. Um, so we got a few things to talk about real quick. Obviously, Rio Del Lago that um, is going to be on uh, November 4th. We've talked about a lot of the other types of uh, just charity runs and things like that. You've got like the Amanda run on November 19th and the run to feed the hungry on the 23rd. So there's a lot, of course, coming up through the Thanksgiving holidays. CIM is coming on uh, the 3rd of December. Uh, always exciting to get out there and see a bunch of people, both from the trail community and uh, the road community. And we have a new, and we've mentioned a few times, Martin Sengo, our friend and race director, has the Doomsday 50K and half on uh, December 9th. Um, and I've seen people talking about that online. So it seems like there's some some good uh, enthusiasm there to get a final like 50K in before the end of the year. And I do have to mention this because there's a nice little local tie-in. I don't know if any all of you have been paying attention to what's been going on in Tennessee for like the last four or five days, uh, but Harvey Lewis, American ultra runner, he just won the Biggs Backyard Ultra World Championship. This is the one that's put on by Laz Lake, the same guy behind the Barkley Marathons. Sets a new world record, 108 hours, so 108 laps of 4.16 six, six, seven miles. So total mileage, 450, uh, over 108 hours. And, you know, this coverage was interesting because I could actually have it sitting on a separate monitor. And I really paid attention, like at the top of the hour, <laughs> the rest of the time they're out in the woods, I couldn't see them, but it was always exciting to see them come in, see what shape they were in and all that. The local tie-in here, if you're super inspired by this, you can have your very own chance to run the NorCal Backyard Ultra put on by the aid station and our friends at the Bad Luck Running Club on November 18th, last person standing. And we've heard it from Ken, one of the race directors, they're out there as long as it takes. So if you think you can go 108 hours or more, they'll, they'll hang out. So um, <laughs> get yourselves ready for that. I previewed the course both out and back this weekend. It's pretty flat. It's pretty nice. 100 feet of climbing each way. So it should be possible to stay on your feet for at least 100 hours, I'd say. Uh, so <laughs> there's like 40 something people signed up. So it's going to be pretty exciting. And uh, then early season, we've got the meat grinder 50K. And then we're going to get right into all the early season stuff, I'm sure, uh, as we get into later shows. So a lot of stuff going on. And don't forget, Western States Lottery also coming up first weekend of December. So, so much stuff. Um, and we'll we'll keep you all informed. So that's it. Back to the show. That's it. That was so much. We got a lot going on. I, and I feel like when we first started, we'd be like, oh, here's ultra season in February, March, April. Now we're like year round. Really appreciate Bad Luck Running Club and single track running and um, Martin Sango for keeping the races year round local here and going. Because we don't, 
it barely even rains here, so it'd be great. Um, but tonight, what's going to be great is we're going to have a little chit-chat with some people who ran Rio de Lago for the first time last year. Um, we thought it would be exciting to hear their stories, how they train for it, as we're getting very close to some of you guys' very first 100-mile um, races or another uh, Rio de Lago for, for many of us. Um, so we're going to talk tonight with Chris Pearlberg and Norma. Fobert. I worked really hard on those last names. So we're going to join them tonight, talk about their successes and failures, what worked and what didn't work. And maybe we'll get some good nuggets and lessons learned to pass on to the first time 100 milers. So let's jump right in. Hey, Norma, how's it going? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. And Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. This good to exciting. see you. It is. And you guys have your matching shirts on. Anyone who's not who's not watching uh, the video, they both have the Rio de Lago long sleeve shirts on. They look pretty dapper in them. So what we like to do for all of our guests is we like to get a little background info. So we're going to start with Norma. Um, Norma, where were you born and where were you raised? Well, I was born in Mexico City and I started running probably in high school. And but it was just because I was in a school and I had to do it. Uh, I was in gymnastics and I really didn't think I was going to like take running very serious. But I did it because my dad was a runner. So my dad used to say, let's go, you have to run. And I was like, no, no. So that's how I started it. And yeah, I was just training with him running, but just like, hey, wear your shoes and let's go. And we were running around the neighborhood. That's how I started it. But my dad was running a, a marathons. So my dad was a, um, you know, marathoner. And I always saw him training and running until I say, I want to run my first marathon. And I ran my marathon. My first one was, I was probably 21 years old. Yes, if I remember. Yeah. And that's how I started it. Um, I didn't know much about trail running, but I used to go with my dad to the to the hills, to the mountains around, you know, and it was just great. Of course, in that time, I didn't have any nice gear with me. He used to just grab a bottle of water and go run. So that's how, you know, my love for uh, running started it. And yeah. And until I came to the United States, um, uh, I mean, I came in 2006 when I got married in 2006, that's when I left Mexico. So I came here as an adult. So all my running was in Mexico. Then when I came here, I live in, I live in San Francisco and I joined San Francisco Running Company. And that's when I went and joined the runs in Marine. And I was doing chase the run with them, the runs with them. And yeah, then I moved to Roseville in 2010. And I've been in this area. Uh, since then, I joined the MRTT groups, Mothers Run This Town first, just to get to, you know, to get to know more runners. Uh, but actually I was more looking for trail running. But I didn't know you until so I don't I don't remember who told me about um trail running adventures with Hassan. And since then, you know, you start connecting with other groups. And yeah, I'm here running since then. <laughs> you were yeah. when you were running in Mexico, did you have any siblings or a team that you were running, or was it just you and your dad? I had like a couple of friends. Yes, I have I, I have actually, yeah, friends runners uh, but during that time when I was young because I was in a school too and then I was working I really didn't have a group like the groups we have here it was just more like okay well if I call my friend and she's available we will go run around the neighborhood but I never really joined any um, big group it was more with my dad everything all my running was with my dad so he was my running buddy <laughs> and my inspiration, of course, because uh, 
My dad, um, he ran marathons until he was uh, 75 years old. I think that was his last one. Yeah, he passed away a few years ago in 2011. And yeah, so yeah, I actually, I run every time I do like a big race or I train is because of, yeah, my dad, he's my inspiration is still, yes. I mean, that is a really big inspiration. And I, I know that you were racing a little bit when you were younger, like 5Ks and 10Ks. Did your dad do those with you um, uh, when you were racing when you were younger? No, I was just doing those by myself. Okay. Because my dad was only running marathons. <laughs> it was like, I got one distance. And <laughs> this is what one, yeah, marathons. And yes, I did like uh, short distances, like 5Ks, 10Ks. And oh, and your question, you say my siblings. Yeah, we are five. But yeah, my sisters, they don't like running. I'm the only one <laughs> that got the, yeah, inspiration. So yes, I'm the only one. My sisters um, do not run. We are uh, four, four sisters, one brother. None of them, uh, like, I mean, they, uh, to be honest, like they get scared. I don't even tell them because they're like, you should not be running, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They do other, you know, activities, but not running. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's even a little bit more interesting that you were so young training with your dad, but doing these races, which are still a pretty big distance for a small human to be running five K's and 10 K's kind of alone. It's not like dad, dad's like, I'll see you at the finish because I am running a marathon. You're going to run the five K and 10 K. Yeah. So I, I think that's just like a really interesting, like you've always had a self-motivating, you're like, I'm going to do this. I don't, no one has to necessarily be with me. I'm going to do it. You know, and I think uh, because I started doing it very young. So for me, it's not, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a solo runner, actually. I mean, I go with my groups now and I have my friends and running buddies, but I really like when I saw my dad training and running marathons, that's when I say, I also want to run, but the distance was for me like big in the beginning. So I was like, can I run the 5K? Can I run the 10K? So he, he was the one, okay. So he was like signing me up and taking me and waiting for me. So I knew my dad was waiting for me and I was like running a, a 5K and a 10K and I was like, So yeah, yeah, I was running by myself, like no friends. Of course, you meet people there, you know, but um, yeah, that's how, that's how I did it. Just by, by myself. And then, you know, my dad is like, okay, you have to start training for a marathon, right? When I finished uh, college, uh, I was more, I mean, before college, high school, I was, because it's different here and there, <laughs> high school and college. He was like, no, you have to train more. You have to run your marathon. And yeah, of course, I started with my first one, of course. And I have run it a few times. Is uh, the Mexico City Marathon. Because I'm from Mexico City. So that was my first one. <laughs> yes. Did your dad ever run a marathon at the same time as you? Uh, only one time. Only one time. Yes. We, we run together. Yes. One time. Probably that was... That was before I came to the United States. That was in uh, that was in 2003 that we ran together. Yes, that was really nice. Yes. What, what do they say? Like marathoners are like, you know, less than 1% of the population. What is the population for a parent and a, a child to run a marathon or that distance together? I mean, you're talking like, the smallest percentage of the world that you did that. I think that's Maybe really cool. Not. Yeah, I I really don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a good question. I had to find out. But yeah, I had the privilege to run with him because he's one of my biggest memories, right? Especially yeah. now that he's not here. I'm like, wow, I'm so happy I did it. Yes. Ah, like, you know, four to six hours with you like your mentor, your, your person, your inspiration. That's so cool. So you got here, you got some trail running friends. And then when was your first, um, ultra? Oh my goodness. Well, um, in Mexico, I run in Mexico. I run, uh, like three fifty case. Okay. Yes. In Mexico. Oh, so okay. Here, great. Uh, here. Yeah. In the United States, 
Um, oh my goodness, I don't recall when was my um probably was um um salmon falls, I guess. Salmon falls, yeah, it's on my uh ultra sign up. I don't remember. That was 2015, 14. I don't remember very well. I'm very bad with dates, but yeah, uh that was salmon falls, and from there I start uh I, I did, you know, um um AR50 three times, I think, three times, four, I think, three times. And then, uh, yeah, I just kept like signing up for, you know, cool moon and, you know, races everywhere, right? So, yeah, I've been well, doing a, a few. <laughs> you have a good memory because you are someone who is at every single race. Um, you'll be somewhere and you'll be like, Norma, why are you like, you're, you're here again. And so thank you for letting us get to know you a little bit. We're now going to jump to Chris, who we see everywhere as well. So Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So thanks again, uh, Norma for filling us in. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I, I was definitely, when I got into ultra running, I was signing up for all kinds of stuff. So it's fun to hear about other people that just sort of like, let's just do this thing. You're like, that's great. Um, and I know Chris, I mean, you, you've been out there a lot too. I mean, on the trails with training groups, we'll talk about that, uh, races. I mean, you both have like substantial number of races on ultra sign up and all that. So why don't you, Chris, give us a little, insight into your early life and uh sort of how you came to running yeah well i'm pretty much the complete opposite of norma i hated running um (laughs) probably until seven years ago when i started running um but i was born in racine wisconsin um moved here when i was seven family didn't no running involved in uh family played baseball all the way up through one year of college so running was a way of conditioning punishment at times um i just i had no interest in running whatsoever until my wife started running probably 12 13 years ago um i would go out support you know bring the kids to the races but none of it really interests me to do it was just i just it was just something that she did and that's what she enjoyed with her friends. She was doing 50Ks, um, ultra marathon type distances. And I didn't really have, there was no running interest whatsoever. Probably when I got to be 44-ish, I just felt like I needed a change in my life, period, as far as health. So went to the doctor, found out I've got all this high cholesterol stuff got on meds ended up changing my diet lost a few pounds and then decided eh, maybe it's maybe i'll try running just maybe and one day i was literally sitting on the couch watching tv and my wife was going to go for a run and she said you want to go for a run i'm like a what um <laughs> because i had done a few hikes family hikes you know prior and it was like it it, they just hurt i was sore i was out of it was just it was miserable and i'm just like i'm 44 i shouldn't i shouldn't feel this way so that kind of brought up the whole changing my habits my ways losing a little bit of weight just by changing diet and um noticed the change there and i'm like well maybe if i incorporate something else healthy in my life maybe i'll like it so we went for a run just just from the house road run mile and a half and uh run walk came home and i just felt like this like i was tired but it 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 was almost like this feeling of uh just refreshing and i was like that was fun. I actually enjoyed it, even though it wasn't fun. From then on, I literally haven't stopped running since. And um, I basically made it a goal after we ran that mile and a half to myself that I'm going to go and run a mile, get to a point to where I can run a mile without stopping. That was my thing in my head that kept me going was like run a mile without stopping two miles till I can't stop. 
I made it up to mile my three miles, didn't stop, felt really good about myself. And I said, you know, what? I'm gonna go buy a pair of running shoes. Cause I was just wearing some, you know, whatever shoes went and bought running shoes. And I ran my first four miles in it. And I was just like, running shoes were like, I was like, these things are a game changer. And, uh, I was just from then on, I, I think I signed up for my first 10 K two months later in November, the Davis Turkey trot ran my first 10 K. And I, I'll always remember this race because it was the only race I had to buy my own medal. I don't know why they did it that way, but anyways, had to buy my own medal, which, you know, you're going to do that on your first race, right? You got to have a memory of it. So then, um, after the 10 K it was like, you know, you get done running that it's like, that's a pretty good distance. I'll probably stay there. And then, you know, then I, I think I signed up for shamrock in my first half marathon ran that my wife and her friends took me out to the trails. We ran from Horseshoe Bar to Avery's Pond and back eight miles. And I was like, trails, this, that's where it's at. So um, that's how I kind of got in. I, I, I ran very little road. I mean, maybe a year's worth of road, pretty much by myself. I just ran weekends from home. Yeah, so basically from running the trail, then my first few races were the Fleet Feet trail series i wanted to see what 10 11 miles felt like so i did the three fleet feet series races and from there i was hooked i ran salmon falls as my first 50k um after that but yeah it i i um it all kind of just started with you know when when you when you hear the couch to 5k i literally came from the couch to the street and um all it took was one run, you know, and, and it's seven years later, here we are. Wow. So that's fantastic. I mean, it's great too, that you've got kind of your wife as well, sort of like the family, family thing going on there. You can both support yeah. each other and kind of get motivated. And um, yeah, it's, it, it is interesting that, that both you and Norma have sort of opposite, <laughs> you know, entries into, uh, into the sport. Um, but that's the thing that we love about the sport is that it's welcoming to all, you know, in all forms at any time. And no matter if you start late or take a break or whatever, like the trail, the road, it's always there, you know, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things I love about it too. And tonight, I mean, you're both here because we're talking about, you know, uh, last year's Rio del Lago and, um, and those are going to be very different stories as well. Um, so definitely appreciate both of you kind of filling us in on your early life, uh, your, your, um, beginnings with running and after a uh, little word from our mike turner here we're going to get right into a big event that you both participated in last year uh, rio del lago under some pretty tough conditions i might add because i was out there at alt and i saw a lot of people coming in that weren't too happy so how about you mike <laughs> i was not happy uh i was not happy and i'm usually pretty happy but let's you know we'll get into that but chris you mentioned that you and I, when I read your bio, we started about the same time, same reason. Kids are getting older. I'm getting fatter. I'm in my early 40s. I needed something to do. There was a canal by my house. It was a mile to the end. I, I said, my goal is to get to the end of that canal without stopping. It took me like a year and a half. I don't know why it took me so long. And a pair of shoes I got from Ross, they were actually like shoes for tennis, like tennis shoes. And, uh, you know, it was just ridiculous. But I know what you mean. When you first start out, you're like, then you're just loving it. And uh, yeah, and you get that first mile and you do two, then you do three. And it's like, oh, man, uh, that's it. That You're hooked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So speaking about things you're hooked on, you know what I'm hooked on, Chris, are my Cthulhu Gators. I love these things. Cthulhu, uh, K-O-H-T-O-O-L-A. Cthulhu is a great product. They're in Flagstaff. And they are, they make this a gator and they go kinds of outdoor equipment for like uh, ice climbing. And, but for trail runners, they have these gators that are really nice. I tried a lot of different gators and these are by far my favorite. They have a, a Duralink strap on the bottom. So they kind of goes under the bottom, has a thousand mile warranty on that strap. And the fabric is this, uh, this durable kind of fabric that's a stretch woven nylon. And the zipper is real fat so you can get it on. In Rio, in fact, 
I wore them because it was muddy and wet, but the zipper is so big, you can do it with cold fingers. So it's really a great product for like bad weather. I've also used it on dry races where it's good for keeping out the grid of like the Sierra Nevada. So if you don't have a pair, Rio is a good place to use them because you never know. You can even borrow a pair of mine. I have two pair. If you need to borrow a pair, you can let me know. Anyway, check them out. You can go to their website at Katula, K-A-H-T-O-O-L-A.com and put in their code, the mile 99 and get free expedited shipping, expedited for Rio. So you can get it right away. Order today. You might better get them by next week. So uh, anyway, we're going to get back into Rio del Lago. You both are wearing your shirts. We're so excited about. I did it last year. So I, I know what the weather was like. It was not pleasant. But we're going to get into kind of some of your just the ins and outs of the training. I want to start with with you, Chris. You know, Your first 100 miler. Why did you pick Rio del Lago as your first 100 miler? I like the fact that it was local for one. Um, easy for people to come out, help. I know the trails. I, I really like running trails that I know. I, I try and do most of my races, the training runs on course. I don't know. For me, it's a sense of security or, or knowing, not that it's going to make your race any better, but just, you know, having an idea of what has, you know, just has a, a feeling about it um but yeah and probably because a lot of people say it's a great first hundred miler that's yeah, always it's, a, it's 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 safe it's a trail you know yeah every condition you know and a weather you know so it's all it's familiar you know which makes it a good place to start and norma for you you know you picked rio for your first hundred miler what was the reason similar reason same same thing uh you know, we run in, in those trails. Uh, we have, you know, it's local. We have uh, our friends and groups helping. You don't have to, you know, pay to go out of a state and you finish and you go home. <laughs> it just, you know, yeah. And to have everybody there, right? Uh, that was the goal for me to, to choose Rio de Lago. Yes. Yeah. That was one of the things they say with your first hundred is, uh, there's the why. What is that thing that you said, this is why I'm doing this, Norma? What was the the reason that you you were out there? Was there a main reason, a why? Why? Yes. Well, because I love trail running and because I've been running for many years, um, uh, you know, 50Ks, 50 milers, and 50 milers, and 100Ks, and 100Ks, and I'm like, I don't want to be a baby anymore. <laughs> um, I just I just felt that I, I, you know, I want to do it. I want to do it. And yes, that's, I, I made that goal, and I started training, and I'm like, yeah, and Rio will be amazing. Yes, and but... So Chris, for you, what was the the why? Did you have a, something that the why is like the thing that when you get dark and it gets hard and and you're pissed off and you're tired, you you look back and say, okay, I'm doing it because of this reason. You know, did you have one of those reasons? I just felt like it was it was time to challenge myself farther than where I've been before. Um, I wanted to see what it's like. You know, you hear people's experiences with the hundred milers and all that. And I just felt like it was time, you know, for me to make that that next step and experience and just see what it what it's like, you know, good or bad. I just I just wanted to experience something that I love, but on another level. Yeah. Well that was pretty much my reason for it. Yeah, definitely. Is, it's a whole new, I mean, 100K, you're finishing after dark, but then you think about, okay, then I have to go actually all night long. And then the next morning, and then maybe even the next day, depends on how fast you are. So there's a lot more, a lot more time on your feet uh, out there beyond that 100K distance. So let's get into, into training. Uh, Chris, I know you, you run a Facebook group, so you're, you're always organizing groups, always organizing runs. And I, 
that takes a lot. How, what was your training like? Was it structured or was it just kind of like, like, did you wing it or what was that like for you? Um, well, my training is probably a little different than most. I've always been for all of my races and runs for that matter. I run one, one midweek and that's it. I do my weekend runs. I've always just done one Wednesday, six miler max. Um, and that's always worked for me. Um, 50 miles. I did my hundred K training. I just, I just, it just works. It keeps me healthy and I feel my races are, are decent and they're, they're, they're good enough for me basically. Um, so when I went up to the hundred miler, I'm like, well, maybe I'll incorporate two midweeks. So August, so the last two months before the race, I, I did two midweeks. So I would do maybe two, six milers, Tuesday, Thursday, um, depending how I felt, maybe a three and a six. So it, it was my own planning as far as the midweeks, um, the weekend runs, I kind of went off of friends plans, their schedule, um, on what they've been, uh, trained to run distance wise. Um, so my weekend runs were more scheduled, hitting certain numbers. My midweeks were just kind of, I just did what, you know, I felt I yeah. needed to do. Cause I've always just done one, one midweek run for, for every race, but I, I wasn't sure one would be enough for a hundred miles. Cause I had never done a hundred miles. So yeah, I'm like, great. I'll do two midweeks. I didn't do speed work. Um, I didn't do any type of workout. I just went out and ran. If I yeah. felt good, I just ran at one speed. I don't mix speeds. I don't do, uh, you know, all the, the workout training things. Yeah, there's a lot to do in your first hundred. Just getting it done and getting to the start line and doing it is enough to think about. You can add in all those other cool things down the road but yeah you're just trying to get it done but it's interesting to think that like low miles during the week you know i always found if i can get to 30 by before the weekend comes then i'll be set you know but a lot of people run six days or five days and i think i, I always do five but that works for me but six was too much but so norma what was your training like you you have a lot of did you run with a group or you run by yourself or what was your training looking like yeah well I didn't have a coach last year. I bought one of those, um, you know, training programs. Actually, I bought it from uh, Seth Beater. Um, uh, a really good program. And I run with that group and I did all my runs. But um, last year, my life was just like super busy with the school and everything. And I, I, I mean, I... I tried to follow the program as, you know, how it was, you know, five runs probably during the week. But, and yes, running with the groups, long, long runs on the weekends with friends. But yes, I, I skipped some runs, long runs. So it wasn't very solid. Although yeah. I felt really strong during the race. But I DNA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That, I mean, training itself is challenging. And it itself is a is a whole process that you the more races you do, the better you get at your body and what you like. And everybody's different. Some people like, you know, it's everyone's different. So it's just uh that's part of the beauty of this is learning to train, finding what works for you best. That's how you're just kind of trying that out, do the program. So you think you would use a, a program. Are you working with a program now or you have a trainer now? Oh no, I have a I have a coach this time. Yeah. Um uh his name is uh Theo Weird from uh Walk with a Purpose. Yes. He, I'm trained, I mean he's training me and it's it's been totally different. <laughs> I feel like having him just like day by day 
telling me what to do, checking on me, running. He's been running with me, telling me what to do, what not to do. It's a big difference than just to follow the um, the program in the computer that you will buy from, you know, somebody else. Because you need, I, I, I mean, for me, you need that guidance. You know, I need, I need someone to check if I'm doing great, if I'm not doing it, if that's too much, stop, do this. Yeah, it's, yes, I, I have my coach this time. And yeah, you, you have someone that you have to answer to. So you can't just like say, nah, I'm not going to do it today. You have to, you have someone to answer to. Right, right. So yeah. That's, that can be a good plan to, to help if, if you, if you, if you need a little bit of push, you have a lot of great local coaches that can give you that push and, it's also nice because they can tailor it to you. They can look at your data, look at your, and I can yeah. really, which is very nice. So, so did you have any, well, just for the record, you are running Havelina 100 next weekend. So we'll see. I can't wait to see how I'll be out there as well. Can't wait to see how, how that goes and see on your new training and watch you kick butt out there. So good luck at that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how about injuries, Chris? A lot of times when we're new runners, we are, I remember shin splints. I remember everything was a disaster in my body. Did you have any injuries during training that kind of alarmed you or set you back or did it, was it pretty smooth? Pretty smooth. I've been lucky for, since I've been running, to be honest with you, um, you know, and that's why I'm always thankful that every run is, you know, you got to be thankful for every run that you get. Cause there's a lot of people out there that, can't can't run because of injury and um i've luckily have been healthy for seven years um little things here and there that have you know i've had a couple little foot things that just needed a little attention or adjustment on what i'm wearing um but nothing that's kept me out so um i've been lucky i mean seriously lucky because as we all know running 100 miles isn't normal <laughs> yeah normally how about you do you have any any major injuries when you were trying to train yes you know yes i actually <clears throat> when i run uh rio de lago last year i actually didn't know um about my i mean well my knee was bothering me like for two years before three years ago <laughs> so but i run rio de lago i didn't have any problem with, with rio but okay well after you know I, I, you know, I DNF Rio and, um, after that I went and I run, uh, Honolulu marathon in December. And then in February, and I wanted to run another, I was like, okay, I DNF Rio, but I want to run a 100 miler. So I wanted to do, um, I found out that I had a stress fracture on my knee. And uh, yeah, since February, I actually had a stress fracture and then a third meniscus on my same uh, knee. And I rested and I did like PT. And then that's when I um, started training with, um, with uh, you know, my coach, Theo, after, you know, my recovery. And yeah, well, I've been, I've been healthy so far. So hopefully everything goes well this Saturday doing javelina but it yeah it was, yeah thank you but yeah it was it was bad i was yeah, that, watches for for a while <laughs> that, that's part of the challenge of training because you things come up and you, you learn how to handle your body and how your body does it we're going to skip into the planning part uh and talk about your crew your crew chief no crew norma what was your team like did you have a team or do, were you by yourself or what was what was your team like? Did you have a crew of pacers? Yes, yes, I had. Yes, of course. Yeah, I had a crew. Um, yes, I I love crews and pacers. <laughs> so my yeah, my crew um chief was my colleague and my pacer, amazing pacer, Brett Edwin. He he was my pacer, and Erica Mans was uh helping me also crewing. And I had another pacer that didn't get to run with me, Jennifer Oloris. But yes, um, I had Brett, Brett Edwin. He, he's the one that, you know, ran with me. And I unfortunately, yeah, I DNF. So I got to uh, the fire station that was 68 
69 miles. Yeah. Uh, I didn't make the cutoff at 1.45. I think it was like 2 o'clock or something like that. So, yeah. yeah well, there, that is a, it was a rough night. It was wet and <laughs> raining. It was miserable. Uh, this year, actually, they moved the cutoff. So there's a little bit of different game going on this year. Oh. So so it was pretty rough. It was hard rain. It was cold. It, it was not pleasant. Nobody was happy out there during that that time of night. But uh, so what would you what would you do different? For, for Javelina, do you have a different plan, a different crew set up, or is it just kind of the same, a lot of friends? Uh, well, no, no. Uh, yeah, in Arizona, I have, um, I have a, yeah, I have a crew over there. Uh, yeah, she, she lives over there, Maggie, my friend Maggie. She was here in California, but Maggie's over there. She's going to crew me and face me. And, yes, I have another friend that comes with me, Steven Strauss. And uh, yeah, our plan is kind of uh, run together as much as possible and then have my friend Maggie. She will be my pacer. Yes. Nice. Good. That sounds like a good plan. Chris, yeah, yeah. what was your, what was your, your tribe like? Did you have a big entourage or? Um, not really. I had my, uh, my wife crewed me for the whole hundred miles. Um. And then her friend, our friend, I should say, Robin, um, she helped out too. And then for Pacers, I had uh, Annalisa for the first 44 miles. Um, and then my wife paced me from the Rattlesnake to the finish, so the last 14. So not huge, just people that I could trust and count on and people that know me and that's what was important for me when picking crew and pacer is getting people that because as we know pacers and crew are, are just as important they um they're what keep you going basically get you in and out so yeah, yeah. it was a very good crew and pacer yeah they can kind of separate out the you know, a lot goes on in emotions, there's physical stuff. You sometimes you want someone that can just you, you know that knows you well enough to kind of get you out of your head sometimes. Sometimes if it can be challenging, you know. So having people you know and trust, that's really uh, makes it for a good pacer. So on race day, how did that go? Your I mean it was a pretty rough day. Did your pacers were they prepared? Did, was there any like did, did it go well for, for them during the race? My pacers were already, and Brett did a fantastic uh, job. You know, he's an amazing ultra runner. He kept me moving, but uh, yeah, my legs just couldn't. But you know, one one thing that I want to mention probably um, for you to know, um, as I said before, I really didn't feel that my training wasn't uh, but uh, the problem was with me that one week, one weekend before Rio de Lago, I had to move to a new house. So I kept moving boxes and furniture until Thursday before uh, Rio. And I knew it wasn't the best idea, but I had to do it. And it was, I was just so stressed. So my pacers, my everybody knew what happened, but I didn't want to um, cancel. I just want to go and and do it. But I, I don't know. Now I feel like um, probably wasn't a good choice for me to go and run with, uh, you know, probably lack of energy. But um, because that 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 was probably something that, you know influenced it a lot in my performance so yeah, yeah and there was a lot going against you in that day like I keep saying the weather so yeah. if you're not coming 100 percent, and then you get a day like that it, it's just it's a lot of hurdles to get past yeah but sure. yeah but my pacer did an amazing job he kept like moving <laughs> how were Chris how were your pacers in the, in the weather did uh I was pretty I guess they were experienced if you had pacers that knew it to expect i guess yeah very good i mean the, the the weather for me was ideal for me i like cold i like wet kind of um way better than heat way better than heat um so my pacers my crew 
we had friend, we had a friend come out there, bring a pop-up tent for my crew out, you know, at cool at whatever time in the morning. Um, everybody was great. Everybody was prepared and, um, yeah, it just, it went really smooth. And the gear, you had all the right gear you, you needed. You had enough supplies. I think I ran short yeah. on dry shirts. It was wet and I don't like to be wet, but, uh, <laughs> did you have enough supplies? Yeah, I did. Everything, um, everything was, was good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like you've had, uh, with your wife running or your friends and this community we live in, we, we have so many people that run, you get a lot of good advice in your life. So suddenly you had, you had a good plan and good pacer and it worked out. No horror stories. I'm trying to dig out some stories here, but it's just nothing, nothing's going wrong with, with over here. How about you, Norma? How was uh race day with the weather? How yeah. The weather. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was miserable, right? So, and then doing the ALT loop, that was bad. I was super wet. Yeah. I was, you know, kind of shaking at the end. It was super cold for me. And um, then my my Togala light wasn't working properly. That was another issue. I really hated it. <laughs> and yeah, it was just, I don't know, just little things here and there and probably everything together, but like it wasn't my day. I, I, I got really upset, of course. You know, I was so disappointed. Because, um, of course, you know, you have your crew helping you. I know we are all runners and we understand, but I felt really, really bad. I was like, when I DNF, the first thing I did, I took off my shoes and I threw them in the garbage. <laughs> I was so upset. And I said, no, Mario. And no, Julie, not, not true. I will do it again. <laughs> but not this year. I was so upset. I'm like, Rio de Lago is not for me. But definitely I want to do it because it's a local race and I want to get it done. Rio has some challenging pieces. Go ahead, Jessica. I just want to say that me and Norma have very similar stories. I ran in 2017. I moved three days before the race and I just could not leave my house in boxes. Uh And I DNF'd at, uh, at Overlook. I timed out and I was like, I know you're just kidding, but like, sometimes it's okay to be like, this race is not for me and like, love the race and support the race. But like, I have no desire to go back and finish Rio. I will support it. I'll be on the live stream. I think it's the coolest thing, but I'm more of a mountain runner. I do better with hillier courses and maybe less terrain or something. So Norma, we know you'll get around to it. And we love Julie. We love the race, but sometimes and it's, it's part of the journey. Like sometimes you go like, this wasn't for me or It wasn't my day, but this course is for me. So I think all those options are okay. And 68 miles is a long way to run. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, running is about failure and success. It's about a balance. We don't get to have, we're not ultra, we're not least where we only have success. The rest of us actually fail more than we have success. It's part of the part of the deal. Uh, You know, Rio has, has some of these pieces that for your first hundred, you know, it got the lake loop. Don't, don't go out too fast. We got the meat grinder, which sounds pretty scary. And we have ALT loop where it gets dark. So all these things you're hearing, these rumors, you know, so going out too fast. Did you, Chris, did you go out too fast? Or how did that, did you have a strategy to first slow, slow yourself down on that first loop? Yeah, I, I had prepared with the help of my, my pacer, um, a pace chart basically for my crew. So they kind of had an idea when I would be coming in. And I didn't have any expectations of time. I just wanted to finish. So we drew up a 29-hour um, sheet with paces between each uh, aid station um, on what I needed to hit to basically just finish. That was my only goal was to finish. So I had no, I had no idea what times I would hit because I've never run over 50 miles. So... I had a plan. Yeah. And, um, I hit them all and stuck with definitely the lake loop kept that because I messed that up the first time I ran AR 50 and, um, ended up paying for it probably through the meat grinder. So I stuck really good to the schedule, which 
ended up working out in the long run. Yeah, it's uh, there's, there's some tricky parts to it. Uh, some people do a forced walk on the first loop. You can pick a tree and walk to the tree, and there's a lot of strategy behind slowing yourself down. This hour is zooming by, and we're going to save some of this for the after show, some extra questions I got for you guys. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get – so you j- overall, your first 100-miler, your first 100-mile attempt, Chris, and it's not like it went pretty well. Uh, is there anything you would do differently – uh, going forward on your next 100-miler? No, this went better than I could have expected, honestly. If I could duplicate what happened at Rio again, I would feel very lucky. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, you know, uh, it's just kind of like, yeah, it is just, uh, it was a good day. You had a good, you had good advice, and you had, and, you know, that goes a long way, like, this community having good advice. Uh, not all the advice was good. Real quick question, Chris. Do you have any bad advice that you were given? Like, you know, advice you're like, no, that wasn't a good advice. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever been given bad advice. I was given a lot of things that could happen during the race that yeah. didn't sound good, but they didn't happen. So I was like, I'm lucky. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Norma, what... What what did you do differently for Javelina that you that what what's different this time around? I would not go out so fast. That's what I did during Rio de Lago. I went out so fast the first loop, the lake loop, and actually my colleague was like, "Wow, that's you should not be here." Yes, now I, um I've been you know uh, talking with my you know um with my coach and we have a plan and I have a, yes, I, I, I know what to do better. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's about learning. And, uh, Chris will have a challenge on the next one. Maybe you gotta have, you know, without challenges, we don't learn. So, you know, you're gonna, but time was a great day. I love that. It's, some, it's all in the day. Some days are just great. Some days are just not. And it's just, you can do all the preparation and just have a day. That's just not yours. It's just how it goes. So, uh, that's uh well, well good luck next weekend norma Thank i'll be out there as well Brennan, so we'll be able to watch that yeah. jessica will be watching from here we can track everybody right jessica and see what everyone's doing sure well we are following all our people um i i really like this episode it flew by so fast um i but i really like the juxtapose we always talk about that we want to hear successes and failures and failure seems like a scary word, but Norma, thank you for being brave enough to come on and talk about something that just didn't work out. Um, I think we want to hear more about those stories and how people get up from those, move on, learn from it, and are still in the community after that. And Chris, what a spectacular day you had. Thank you for sharing it. What a cool adventure that you have started just not that long ago. So congratulations to both of you guys onward but before we wrap up this hour it is mile 99 fashion that we're going to do a rapid fire question i'm going to ask you guys some really tough questions to end this show are you both ready 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 all right norma road or trail trail oh, same question Trail. trail <laughs> i think we know but we, you know we got to set the record straight sure. and then chris what's your favorite post-race meal Chili's. Chili's? Chili's? Like, like the restaurant? Or yeah. like a hot chili? Nice. Chili's. Nice. Oh, like great. American restaurant. We love that. No one ever tells us a restaurant. They're like, yeah, we love that. Norma, what about you? Tacos. Tacos. Norma, do you know I still dream about the enchiladas you brought me when I was um, right, right after I had? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys be friends with Norma. She makes the best food. <laughs> and tamales. <laughs> no, you made me tamales. That's I right. Tamales. Yeah. Oh, I dream okay. about that. That's right. I'll have another baby just so for that. Okay. And then, Chris, do you have a bucket list race or adventure? Western States. There it is. That's the race. Norma, what about you? Um... Let me finish Havelina. <laughs> and then from there, I will, you know, have another goal. One at a time. Oh, I love that. And then this is, Chris, I warned you about this. This is our most controversial question. 
Norma, cats or dogs? Dogs. Dogs. Chris, what about you? Dogs. Dogs. Greg, you're outvoted for this episode. Once again, dogs take the sweep. (laughs) That's awesome. As always, guys, um, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Norma, for sharing your stories. What a great hour we've had. Um, We also want to thank anyone who's watching us on Facebook for the first time. If this is your first time, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at the mile 99 interview. Um, If you like what you see and you need to keep the, we like to keep the lights on around here and you want to give a one-time donation on our Venmo. It's also at the mile 99 interview. And for as low as a dollar a month, you can join our Patreon, which is um, a monthly reoccurring fee and you can get all our post shows and some cool extra content on there as well. Thank you guys for being part of our Patreon, sending over Venmo, just watching and engaging with us. We're so thankful for another year with you guys. Um, We will see you guys all on the trails. Have a great night. See you guys. Bye.